Welcome to the Pet Peeves Podcast, where we think people should not get pets unless they're rich, retired, or handicapped, but not too handicapped. And now, here's your host, Albert Escobedo. Welcome to the Pet Peeves Podcast, episode four with comedian Anthony Rasick. Rasick? Rasick. Rasick. And today's That's really podcast. close to racist. I know. <laughs> Has anybody ever said Welcome that? Welcome never before in my entire life. <laughs> no, bullshit. <laughs> of course they have. Are you kidding me? I suck at the, sarcasm. I'm from the second most racist place on the planet. <laughs> He's from Indiana's pretty racist. Henry doesn't know this. What? Did you know this? That what? Indiana's pretty racist? It's the Midwest, right? Yes. Isn't all country. isn't all of America pretty much except for like New York and California? I guess so. <laughs> but there's degrees of racism and Indiana's yeah. at the top of that spectrum. At the top. Yeah. I yeah yeah. I know. I know that. That's uh I wouldn't say that's common knowledge, but Indiana and, and racism definitely go hand in hand in my mind. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad we're known for something. <laughs> right? Racism and that, Michael Jackson. Yeah. Larry Bird. Maybe. Larry Bird. Yeah, the Hoosiers. Yeah. Bobby Knight. Yeah. Who doesn't Bobby like to see a chair thrown? Right. There you go. We like aggression. Racism and aggression. That's Indiana. <laughs> That's how you grow corn. Racism and aggression. <laughs> uh, remember, in this Pet Peeves podcast, I always have to mention that I am a veterinary technician, not a doctor. Uh, before taking any of my veterinary medical advice, please, please, please go talk to your local veterinarian or whoever you see to help your pets. Uh, I got to get that out of the way. Yeah, man, you got to have a disclaimer. You don't want somebody to be like, well, Albert said that... If I give my dog peanut butter, it's fine. <laughs> if we get sued, but we don't have any money, what happens? Uh, I, don't I, I think they they uh, they garnish your wages. Can they put you in jail for that? No, they, they did. I don't think debtors' prison is a thing anymore. No, good. Is it a crime Unless to be you broke? Don't pay child support. Unless you don't pay child support. Yeah, and yeah, if you don't pay child support, they'll throw your ass in jail. Well, that's well, that, good. That well, on makes, the flip that side of that. Sense. That makes sense. On the flip side of that, though, if you pay child support and she doesn't let you see your kids, they'll throw her ass in jail. Oh yeah, that's a new thing, though, right? Like yeah. fathers' rights or something. Mm-hmm. It didn't. It didn't used to be a thing. Fathers used to have no rights. Yeah, isn't that crazy? And uh, and for so long, that means so many fathers didn't give a shit. Nobody it, fought it. Yeah, even still in Indiana, like it's it's a mother state for sure. Oh yeah, well, I could I could see why. It doesn't bother me too much. We're not here to talk about divorce politics. Why not? <laughs> I mean, I think, if you want to. I'm not, I, I'm not, I think that... I've uh, never been married, so... Me neither. I'm a child of divorce, though. Me too. <laughs> so and so I. is Henry. We're, yeah. we're all, all right. three in the, same, the exact same boat. Yep. That's crazy. Well, maybe that's why... But it's not just us, man. It's like 50% of people, right? Yeah. Yeah. 50% like, of people are childs yeah. of divorce? Doesn't when everybody I mean people, get divorced or something like that? It's it, like 100% of marriages end in divorce, I think. Is that the number? I think so. Sure. I mean, sure. When I met meet people whose parents aren't divorced, I'm like, damn, really? Yeah, like what? It's like, yeah, what's going on there? <laughs> Your parents fishy. love each other? Yeah, that's weird. Actually, I do feel kind of odd when someone tells me their parents have been married for like 30 years. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. What the hell's wrong with them? Yeah. <laughs> How boring are those people? Yeah, those people suck. They've got no stories. <laughs> I can't imagine. I've been, uh, I'm staring here at... Um, Anthony's brought his dog's bladder stones. Bladder stones. Which is super amazing for me to be staring at and holding in my hand right now. It looks like real, like, like, like rocks. 
Hulk. Hulk. Vegan stew. Let me see. That looks like candy. I mean, you can eat it that's, if you want. That's crazy. That is a. It, it came out of a like dog's bladder. It looks like something you'd find at like on the beach or something. Yeah, exactly. It's like what do they call them? Like water stones, isn't that? They're calcium uh, deposits. They yeah. said calcium oxalate, probably. Yeah. Um, I mean, the biggest one's almost the size of a golf ball. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty for, crazy. Um, it's like one size of a golf ball. The other four are more like marble size, maybe a little bit larger than that. Yeah. I would not want to have that in my bladder. It's no, not at all. How how big is the dog? She's uh, seventy five pounds, uh, half lab, half pit. Oh, I met her, right? Yeah, you met what Bonnie. What's her name? Bonnie. Bonnie. Yeah, I remember her. She was a really nice dog. Yeah, super sweet. She was really sweet. She barked at me when I came in the door, and then let me pet her right afterwards. That's a proper dog. Yep. Proper dog is more bark than bite. Yep. My dog is the same. Barked yep. at Anthony when he came in, and now she's chilling. Yeah. Behind me for protection, though. Uh, She's all right, so the eye. Like she doesn't trust me. She definitely doesn't trust you. <laughs> That's fair. She doesn't like your beard. Because I can't grow a full beard. So she's just protecting my ego, really. My beard is patchy. I have Indian in me because my hair grows in a patchy. Hey, yeah. So uh, this is something I have to introduce all my guests to Henry because Henry's never met any of my. American friends. Have yeah. you? Have you met anybody that I knew from the United States? Uh, I met one one of your ex girlfriends like five years ago, or no, like like ten, like nine years ago, probably. Oh yeah, that's right. You did. Yeah. I forgot. I br- when when I first moved to Korea, I had a girlfriend in the states, and she flew out there to meet me. Oh wow! Yeah, and then we broke up right after she left. Yeah, I didn't really want her to come visit me in Korea. I didn't want her to come. You guys know that she came like against my will. She was trying to save the relationship. Watch it. We can make it work. Yeah, I, I, got I on left the other side of the planet. Yeah, I left her. We lived together when I moved to Korea. Like I left her purposefully, <laughs> not knowing that she was going to chase me I halfway went across Korea the planet. to get away from you. She came to chase me. Albert, did you tell them how quickly it was that you made the decision to get up and escape that <laughs> that relationship? Uh, I tell people, but nobody, like, I think people don't believe me, and the people that do believe me, they don't understand the scope. Like, I I applied for the job in Korea on Monday. I was there on Saturday, like, living there, Saturday. Holy shit. It was really, like, I, I got there so fast. It was all, all under the rug, all illegal way to do it, but yeah. I didn't know that at the time. At the time, I hated my job. I hated my girlfriend. I hated where I lived. And I needed to get away from Northwest Indiana like today. Yeah. I just applied for a job online like monster.com. Yeah. And it was one of the options you could click was, are you willing to work abroad? And I just clicked yes. And they sent me an email the same day. This is Monday. Monday, I'm at work applying for jobs. Mm. Like that's anybody ever been there? You ever been at work looking for other jobs? Yeah. No. I, I've, you never have? I've, I've, I've uh, not looked for jobs, but I've definitely responded to an email or a took a call to set up a time for a phone interview. I actually did one phone interview on a lunch break once. See, that's, Hey man, what's wrong with that? This is America. Well, that's Canada, but this is North America. We can Everybody's get away with it. in the whole job, job, you know, you, they want, they want someone to fill a position and you want somebody to pay you. Everybody's getting something. Nobody's getting screwed in the deal. So if you feel like that, you, you need to move on, you have every right. Cause if they feel like they need to move on, you know, without you, then they have every right to do that as well. 
And I like that. I don't feel bad. I like that. That you could quit or get fired at any time. I think that's fair. I think some people take Mm -hmm. it like, like, oh, well, I don't know if I can just up and leave because I'm I'm worried about how I'm going to leave the company. The company could leave you very quickly, and and you 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 couldn't you couldn't really be mad at them because you're doing what's they're doing what's best for them. So it goes it goes that's, the same way, you know. Like if I, I think that's good. Yeah. That's that's good for motivating employers to be good to their employees and motivating employees to appreciate their jobs. Yeah. Sounds like union talk. What do you think about it? I'm all for unions. <laughs> Pro union. Oh yeah. Are you in the union? No. <laughs> the company I work for is not union, but uh, I'm all for unions. I mean, yeah, unions are a force to combat corporate greed, right? Yeah. I think I think that. The union is a good idea. I mean, I wish my job title had a union. We don't. Nobody stands up for us. We're That's the, part of the reason I think uh, there's so much corporate excess is that they they beat all the unions down, so there's no one, you know, and they don't let you talk about, you know, you're not supposed to talk about how much you make with your coworkers. That's, mm-hmm. you know, uncouth or whatever. Yeah. But that's because they don't want you to be like, oh, sometimes you're getting fucked over. Yeah. Or, yeah, damn, I make way more than that, dude. And we're yeah, doing the yeah. same shit. Yeah. Uh, People, I think we should all know what each other makes. I think it should be public knowledge. Yeah, I'm happy to tell anybody what I make. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I, I don't mind telling people what I make, but then they get all weird. They get weird because they're just like, either I make more than them or I'm making less than them. But I want to know what people make because I think that it would help me to know where my gauge is, you know, where yeah. my bar is, what, yeah. what, what I should be asking for. Right. But, I mean, again, like I was telling Anthony before the podcast, since I've been a comedian primarily for the last 12 years i didn't give a shit about how much money i made i was like you gave me a job you're gonna let me pay my bills so i can go stand on microphones and tell people about the time i had sex with a lady boy let me let me do that you're paying me enough to do that right that's just enough to get you to show up yeah yes that's it that's all i cared about work hard enough not to get fired right office space style (laughs) now i don't yeah so what was I saying before that? Oh yeah, about when I went to Korea. So I like applied for the job on Monday. They sent me an email on Monday asking me if I wanted to do a phone interview. I did a phone interview on Tuesday. Tuesday of the phone interview, they asked me if I'm interested in coming to Korea really. They're like, Do you really want to come? We'll send you an airplane ticket. And I was like, Well, give me some more details. So I was gonna be making like three times more than I was making as a veterinary technician right out of school with a bachelor's degree. I was gonna be making three times as much. They're going to pay for my apartment. They're going to give me two free meals a day, and they're going to send me an airplane ticket. And yeah. I was like, bullshit. I was like, I didn't believe it. I was like, no, there's no way you guys are going to just do that for me right here, right now, without knowing anything more about me than that I speak English and have a four-year degree. That's uh, all you need. That's all you need. And you can't have AIDS or a criminal record. <laughs> like they, <laughs> They'll check your, you got to do an FBI background check, and then you have to take an AIDS test. So as long as you don't have AIDS or a criminal record and a four-year degree, you can go to Korea and be an English teacher to children. So how'd you beat the AIDS test? Uh, I cheated on the AIDS <laughs> test. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> I used somebody else's blood. <laughs> I stored blood in my nice. cheek. Yeah, man, that's really all it takes. Uh, my buddy Zach lives in, uh, I'm not sure where in China he lives now. I think he... Might have went to Tokyo, uh, not Tokyo, Shanghai, sure, or Hong Kong, but yeah, he's lived over there since 2012, teaching English. He likes and, it. Oh, he fucking loves it. It's fucking pretty dope. Live like mm. a king over there for nothing. Yeah. yeah, we we did. I mean, Henry was there for four and a half years. I was there for five years. 
Uh, I mean, that's a long fucking time to be in a foreign country. Yeah. Like it's like, it's like a college experience, you know, where you're somewhere for four years or whatever, but not exactly because no one speaks your language. Yeah. So it's a little bit more intense than a college experience. Are Korean people as racist as Chinese people? Yes. Henry? Yes. But <laughs> not not to say, okay, so the thing with Korean people is that uh, I think less of them than, than, you know, Chinese actually, like, get outside of uh, in that part of the world and meet people. So they they just, it's, 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 it's ignorance. Um, yeah. They would see me, they automatically assume that either uh, I've, that I'm straight from Africa um, and not did not specify which country, just Africa, uh, mm-hmm. and, or that I have to be American. That's the other option. And because I speak English, uh, I must be American. But when I tell them I'm from Canada, their jaws drop. It's just they just don't know. Yeah, they just don't know. But also, there's some really racist old people, which is I think pretty normal. I think all old people are racism because. Before, like, you know, five years ago, it was, or racism was, you know, everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's just how they were raised when they were kids? Yeah, like, the the outside world. Back in, I'm exaggerating, of course, but like, think about, think if you were born in in, in 1930. Yeah. Think of, think of what, you know, your, your interaction with any other race was. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you're living in Korea in 1930, you're not seeing anybody else except Koreans. Yeah, that's the thing. Like he was saying, it's ignorance, and people are afraid of what they don't know. Exactly. That's common knowledge. People know that. But I think it's definitely harder for brown and black people. Like when I was in Korea, they thought I was either Filipino or Chinese. A lot of them thought I was Chinese because there's Chinese people that are like dark skinned. Or they thought I was from like Thailand or Malaysia or something like that. But mostly they thought I was either Filipino or Chinese. Uh, When I told them I was Mexican, they didn't believe me because I speak English. They're like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. You know, as simple as that. Oh, we lost Henry. Oh, we lost Henry. It's all right. We'll keep the... We'll get him back. Keep the show rolling. I might have to tell that story again. Yeah. He's probably jerking off. He looked like he was looking at something. I don't know. He likes to be... Sh- Is he shirtless right now? I can't He was even- shirtless, yeah. He was shirtless? Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't even notice anymore. I'm so used <laughs> to it. Normal. Every time I talk to him, he's shirtless. Like, even when it's just me and him talking, it doesn't have to be a podcast. Yeah. And I'm always like, isn't it winter in Canada? Like, how are you able to handle that? But he says is in Canada, they get heat included with their rent. Oh, nice. Wouldn't that be nice? Well, I mean, he is inside. He's not doing the podcast, like, outside shirtless. That's true. But still, like like, would you Canadian. be shirtless in here right now? It's cold. I'm much larger than you are. So you could do this shirtless? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll strip naked right now if you want me to. No, I'm cool on that. <laughs> like, this blanket helps tremendously. Yeah. And I turn the heat up. Because when I'm sleeping in the other room, I don't, I don't have the heat on over here. Too expensive. Answer. Okay, Henry's back. We got, him, we got the man back. Maybe. What happened? Hey, there he is. What'd you do? Why, why, why do you assume it's something I did? Because your camera cut off. I didn't know it was my camera. Because it said Henry's camera's off. Okay, maybe it was my camera. What'd you do? No, the internet just cut out for a second. I don't know. It's back on now. The Canadian internet. 
unreliable. I think there's only one internet. I think the internet is just the internet. <laughs> <laughs> That's racist. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I was at a pivotal point in my story. What was I talking about? Oh, talking about Koreans being racist to anybody black or brown. It's just because they don't see it. Yeah. That's it. Like, they didn't believe me that I was Mexican just because they don't ever see Mexicans that speak English. I had a Korean girlfriend once tell me that she thought all Mexicans were either police officers or criminals. That's how they're <laughs> portrayed on TV. <laughs> okay. Like, on yes. TV, that's all the Mexican people are. They're either police officers or criminals. So she thought Mexicans always had something to do with the law. Always had something to do with crime. And I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, it but makes I liked sense. it. It makes sense because yeah. America's number one export is media. So Entertainment. That's, that's how they learn. They, 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 they would always say that either I look like Will Smith, Obama, or DMX. Because the... Cause the <laughs> Because the three of the Obama, obviously, is president. Uh, yeah. so Will Smith is uh, all the movies that they see. They they don't yeah. get every single movie that comes out here, but Will Smith is a global, you know, global oh, celebrity. Star. And then oh, yeah. DMX just happened. There was some some deal with whatever studio was making DMX movies back in the day. But those those oh, were yeah. on Korean television. So so they well, oh, yeah, those those Jet Li and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, because of Jet Li. That's yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So I Kung don't think I, superstar. I don't think I look like uh, DMX at all. Uh, no, no. <laughs> but but you can like think about that. They, they, Barack Obama doesn't look like him, and Will Smith also don't look like him. But yeah, those are three guys that all look completely different. Oh, you, you look, look like, you look more like the Somali pirate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm way prettier. I am the captain now. I'm way prettier than that guy. Yeah, we got better teeth. Remember, I sent you that picture of the Snickers. The inside of a Snickers and then that guy's teeth. Oh. And you said I could never look at a Snickers the same way. Yeah, Have you seen this yeah, meme? It's not a good, it's not um, a good meme. Oh, where it's like the, the Snickers peanuts instead of the guy's yeah, teeth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, hilarious. That's funny shit. <laughs> I didn't mind the learning about racism in Korea. You know what I mean? Like, it taught me a lot about being a foreigner. Yeah. You know, like how people in America are pretty impatient or just not tolerant of mm-hmm. foreigners. But then being a foreigner, I had a completely different perspective. I'm like, oh, it sucks not speaking the language. Yeah. It sucks not knowing how to get around or do anything. And, you know, when people are in America are like, oh, why, why is there Spanish on the ATM machine? It's like, you're an asshole. Like, yeah. come on now. That's, you're, you're mad because they're trying to help somebody. Right. You're mad about that because they're trying to be helpful. It's Mark, God damn it. It's Mark. Mark English. You learn that English. No, yeah, I went to China in 2012 uh, to visit my friend. Zach. Oh, no shit. Uh, I, spent, I was there for a month. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we went all over. Uh, we flew into Shanghai, and he was teaching English in a city called Hefei, which was a small city of 10 million people uh, <laughs> as far as China. Well, I mean, it's like yeah. 100 million people in Beijing. Small cities in Asia small for are, 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 you know, in the millions. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, and then in five years ago, there was like a million people that lived there, you know? Jesus. So it was crazy. Um, and then we went, we stayed there for a few days. We went all over. We went down to Guilin, which is in southern China. Uh, stayed in this place called Xingping. Uh, went up into the mountains uh, where they had the rice fields, uh, Pingan Village. We went to Xi'an where they had the terracotta soldiers. Uh, Beijing. It was 
That's awesome. Dope. Man. You were moving the whole time. Yeah. I mean, we were there for a month and we never stayed more than a few days in one place. That's awesome. And he didn't have to teach during that time. He didn't follow us the whole time. He wasn't uh, with us the whole time. Okay. We stayed with him for a few days and we were off on our own for a while. Who did you go with? Very interesting. My friend Jason. Oh, okay. Um, so it was he and Jason and I went to go visit Zach. That's no one ever came to visit me in Korea. Besides that crazy girlfriend. Right. None of my friends or family. They well, we were the only ones that went to visit him. It was just kind of those. It was we were it was right before he left. Uh, it was kind of like a going away party thing we were having, and we were all fucked up. He's like, you guys should come visit. I was like, I will. Mm. And because I love Chinese food and kung fu movies. <laughs> Whatever. That's the only motivation you need. Henry, <laughs> did ever, anybody ever come to Korea to visit you? Uh, did anybody come to visit me? I mean, my cousin came and, like, she 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 came to teach as well like on on you know after talking to her a bunch um but i met her but i remember that, i don't think that happened a lot i think that that was very i know very few people who had visitors from back home i think you have to be there people. for a long time you know not everybody that goes over there to teach ends up staying for multiple years like we did i think a lot of people right. are one and dones right uh he's only people. been there for six months at that point he had only been? Yeah. Did he know he was going to stay long-term, or did yeah, it just kind of happen? he was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. No shit. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't bad. I think the part of it that I couldn't take anymore, number one, is that I wanted to do stand-up for real. Yeah. You know, and I knew that in that in that Seoul, South Korea, as funny as those guys were, it was still like big fish in a small pond. You know, oh, they yeah. don't have stand-up in Asia. Like, that's a, that's a new yeah. thing Concept. for them. It's a... It's, you know what I mean? Like, it's not really... Yeah. Their comedy is, you know, TV shows. It's not mm, a guy standing there with type. a microphone, which is very, yeah. I guess, very American, I guess. Oh, yeah. Really. Um, well, and plus they... I mean, that was kind of... It was kind of illegal to stand up and talk shit about the government and yeah. <laughs> stuff over there for... I mean, it still kind of is. Sure. It's I think they just opened a comedy club in Shanghai. Maybe. Uh, sounds sounds right. I know that China has a good comedy scene, English-speaking comedy scene. Mm-hmm. Korea has a small one. Japan has a small one. When I was out there, you know, we did some work with together. Uh, but, like, Philippines, Singapore, those countries have big scenes because they speak English. Yeah. They speak English in the Philippines. They speak English in Singapore. Uh, but, like, Thailand, there was small scenes like Korea where it's expats. Yeah. Expats putting on bar shows. Well, so. Did you guys do stand up when you were out there? Were you doing stand up yet? I wasn't doing stand up yet. I didn't start doing stand up until I moved to Fort Wayne. Oh, okay. Anthony, uh, here, here's something that needs to be mentioned. Anthony is a comedian, Fort Wayne, Indiana. I met him because he invited me out to do a Sticks and Stones roast battle show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like what, what was done or is being done in LA and New York with the roast battle, but yes. they do it out there. You had brought out some big names. Yeah, we had uh, Brian Moses and Jeremiah Watkins and Olivia Grace out for our first festival last year. Yeah, shout out to those guys. Brian Moses, Olivia Grace, and uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah is doing big things. Yeah. Olivia is doing big things. Well, Moses, Moses is too. doing big I things. I mean, Roast Battle is the number one, is the biggest show ever in the UK. Oh, like, no shit? The biggest ever show on UK, on That's Comedy awesome. Central UK. I was reading all about it and watching the clips, and it was amazing, but I still wasn't sure how they took it. Yeah. I was So it was a hit. Yeah, I mean... That's what they said on the Roast Battle Periscope feed. That's fucking awesome, man. Right. I, I knew that it should do well. I mean, yeah. Europeans have a sick sense of humor, a dark sense of humor, just like we do. Yeah. I'm sure we get it from them. And I think they can take a joke more. Yeah. It's an older culture. I feel like us as a newer culture, we're like new to like racism 
new to like civil civil disagreements. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I feel that way. Yeah, well, I mean, America's only been around for two hundred fifty some odd years. Yeah, not that long. Yeah, whatever. Not it is. that long. Europeans they've been dealing with each other for a long fucking time, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of cultures there. Uh, so I'm glad the roast battle did well there. So I went out to do a show with Anthony. When was that? April of last year. It was June. June, yeah, because it was after the festival. June of last year, mm-hmm. uh, and it was awesome. And I got super hammered and wasted, and then I didn't go back because I can't trust myself when they're giving me free drinks. Yeah, um, we're bad. We're bad influence on people. It's uh, it's true. But it's I like had to have a good time. I had a good time. I had a good time. Does Isaiah roast anymore? Uh, trying to get him to. He's, yeah. I don't know, man. A lot of people get scared. A lot of people are scared of roast battle. It's scary. I'd say it's scary. Only if you're not comfortable with yourself. Uh, I think it's the pressure of like doing well. I mean, it's. I think it's a different animal than stand up because stand up, you're. It's not a. You're not standing up there competing with somebody. So I think it's that added tension, yeah. added pressure, and people don't like it because stand ups. I think they like being up there alone. That's the whole reason oh, yeah. why they do stand up. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, to be up there with another person takes the attention off of them and that other person could get more attention than them. Yeah. That's scary. And because it's a competition, you could get embarrassed. Yeah. You can lose badly. Yeah. And that is terrifying to people. And stand up, I don't know. It, does anybody ever really get booed off stage? You know what I mean? Nah. Not really. I have really seen that. No. I don't know. I love roast battle. To me, it goes back. I mean, I've been fat. I've, I've been fat and I've had glasses since second grade. <laughs> so like, I've been getting made fun of my entire life. You've heard all the jokes. I've yeah. So you're not and people aren't gonna offend me. Um and I think that's the muscle that it comes from is like when you're a little kid and people are picking on you and picking on you. Yeah. So you try and think of the most terrible thing you can say mm-hmm. to just crush that person's soul so they'll never want to talk shit to you again. Yeah, I got it. I'm skinny Mexican. Like I've heard it all too. And uh I do think that. And growing up my cousins and made fun of me a lot. My cousins yeah. and my brothers and sisters. So I was like it's no big deal. You can't say nothing about me. I haven't already heard or don't already know. Yeah. Uh, I. But when I was first watching Roast Battle, it seemed hard to me because we're doing it in the belly room yeah. of the comedy store. Yeah, that's way more intimidating. Yeah, and there's like real celebrity judges there and a room full of comics who feel like they're the best comics in the world. Yeah. So that's that was a lot of pressure. And then the level of show that I've seen there is so high. I've seen such amazing roast battles <laughs> yeah. that I'm like, I can't do that. Uh, but I was friends with uh, Pat Barker at mm-hmm. the time. Just like at the store hanging out, and I saw him just kill one night, and he was brand new. He'd only done a handful of battles at the time, and I was like, "Man, that looks too hard. I don't feel like I could do that." And he's like, "I thought the same thing," and that's all I needed to hear. Yeah, all I needed to hear was somebody that was awesome at it tell me that at one point they were afraid to do it. So I was like, "Fuck it, I'm doing it," and then it turned out to be the best decision I ever made, comedy wise. Yeah, he's a killer, man. Oh yeah, dude. uh, I screen recorded the. I have a file on my desktop that's. The first battle that he and Keith Carey had. Uh huh. That's just a fucking slugfest yeah. for the ages. Yeah, it's hilarious. Oh my god! Like I watched. Like that's what I show people. I'm like, what's rust battle? I'm like, watch this. <laughs> and yeah, people are like, oh my god. Yeah, that's a good reaction though. I like that. <laughs> oh yeah. When they're like, oh, oh my god, but it's hilarious. And they yeah. still laugh. Oh, I still laugh at. It. I've seen it fifty times. Yeah, dude. There's some ones that I can laugh at every single time. Some of the ones that are like, even the ones from the Comedy Central roast battle. Yeah. Where it's like Sarah Tiana versus um, Mike Lawrence mm-hmm. yeah, and was a good one. Earl Skakel versus, oh no, it's uh, Mike Lawrence versus, uh, what's the guy from Canada? K, um, K Trevor, Trevor something? K Trevor Noah. K Trevor Noah. You don't know who he is, Henry? No. He's a famous Canadian stand-up comedian. K Trevor Noah? 
Yes. Look him up. Henry, do you watch stand-up? Okay, Trevor Wilson? Not Trevor. Noah. Trevor Noah. Noah is the Daily Show, Trevor Noah is the Daily show yeah. guy. Hey, Trevor oh, yeah. Wilson. Hey, Trevor Wilson. That sounds more right. He's a big fat guy. He's got a long beard. Hey, Trevor Wilson. Well, yeah, He's I a know, roast battle. I know him. Okay. You do? No. <laughs> Are you familiar with Strange Brew? <laughs> no. I mean, you know, I can, I, can, I can just ask around. It is Canada. We all know each other, right? Probably. <laughs> Small place. Everybody lives on the border, right? Basically, yeah. What's it like being Canadian? Uh, wow, that's a, that's a kind of a broad question, don't you think? D- does it suck being number two to us at all times? I mean, does that feel... Well, that's, that's hilarious that you say that. I think America is the only country that, like, you guys are in competition with yourselves. Like, you know that, no, one, now we that, won. that one guy who's like, <laughs> I'm the best, I'm better than you, I'm better than everybody, but nobody else is... Wasting their time to, to talk about that. Everyone else is just going yeah. about their business. It's like yeah, we're Mayweather. It's like if you're ru- if you're if you're running or you're on on a bicycle, you're at the gym, you're on the on the bike, and you see the guy next to you who's also on the bike. He's just trying to get his workout, but you're trying to pedal faster than him, and like it's a race, so you can beat him. He doesn't care. He's just going about his day. That sounds like loser talk. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you would say that, Canadian. <laughs> I am better than that guy. If he pedaled for two miles and I pedaled for eight, he's a fucking loser. That's a that's a that's a very I think American way to think about it. I think he's, you're right though, because I think it's funny. Like when two houses decorate for Christmas, and you can tell they're in obvious competition with each other of who can outdo each other. Yeah. And then there's the house next to them that doesn't decorate at all. That's, that's <laughs> and I'm like, house, that's Canada. That's the house. That's actually the rest of the world. The rest of the world is not concerned with competing with one another. Yeah. That's all right. Keep keep doing that. That's why we're the best, though. Yeah, I'll keep winning. <laughs> don't mind if everybody if everybody else forfeits. Is that still a W? I, I I don't subscribe to that. America is like abroad the best at everything. No, it's, but that's a, I mean, as a that's country. A, I mean, scientifically not true. That's a very as a country, American I'm thing to patriotism is a very American thing. Like like yeah. you guys have a chant at sporting events. USA, USA, USA. Yeah. Oh. We're not the only country well, it's a really that has easy a chant. chant you know? Yeah, it's pretty simple. You guys don't go Canada, Canada at the Olympics. No, I mean, come on. No, not really. I've, I've heard, not, I've heard other chants. I've heard, oh, like I've heard Koreans didn't have chant. national pride. I've heard the USA chant a lot when I've been in in the presence of of Americans in situations where it's not even necessary, like at a party where a guy's chugging a beer. Why was it ironic? Why are, why are we cheering? Why are we cheering USA? Because uh, we have the freedom to chug that beer. <laughs> <laughs> this was in Korea, man. Uh, well, hey, we take it with us. Yeah, take our pride with know. us. Our pride is mobile. But you can't see how that might be like annoying to other other people. Don't get me wrong. Oh, I love. Very well I, aware I have a lot of sure. American friends who I love who are you know not like this. But that's definitely yeah. there's a there's a there's a portion of your population which is very yeah. you know. And nothing America. else matters, America type of type yeah. of thing. And I don't, I don't get that no, because yeah. you should. America was founded by a whole bunch of people that didn't trust government. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. No, I know. Yeah. So no, it's, it's to ironic. be patriotic, don't like, you think? Kind of doesn't. I guess government and the country are not necessarily the same thing, but 
I don't know. It right. just, for for me, it just it's weird. I don't know. I think there's those people over the world. Like when I was in China, there were I met people that were like, "No, China's the best country. We do all this and this and this." Right. The government's fucked, but. No, there's national pride over. Koreans thought they were the best in the world. They laughed at America. They laughed at China. They laughed at Japan. They laughed at Philippines, Indonesia, Malaysia, Thailand. Koreans thought they were better than all those motherfuckers. I think every country has national pride as far as who's doing it right, but it's cultural. But who is yeah. It's like you feel who like your culture is the best. You guys. Have you ever met some super douchey Australians? This is true. Australians, Irish people. Yeah. You ever heard of Conor McGregor? Come on now. What about Con- Conor McGregor? He's very boisterous he about how awesome Ireland is, but he lives in Vegas or something. He, yeah. yeah, but that's a very American thing, I think. No, I, it is. No, when I was in Korea, I probably got annoyed the most by fellow Americans uh, as far as personality types. Uh, they just seem to like have the most self-entitlement Americans. The most. Oh, like, yeah. Of all the nationalities I met, the most self-entitlement. However... My favorite people I met when I was traveling abroad were the Americans, the Australians, the Irish, the South Africans, uh, and Canadians, mm-hmm. because they're just like us, but they say please and thank you. So you just There's named, no difference, really. You named everybody. No, that's not true. I didn't name anybody from Europe. Well, there's like a whole... Or from uh, the UK, I mean. There's kind of a bond with expats, I think, when you go in, you're in other countries. It's sure. like, oh, you know, you're not from here, I'm not from here. Because like, yeah. even when I was in China, I stayed at hostels, and you just meet people... No, that's true. Sit down, start having conversations. You're probably going to have a lot more in common with somebody that you met in Korea than somebody that you met in the town over because you both decided to get up and leave comfort and home to go teach English in a foreign country. Uh, But I'm glad you got to go out there. At least you you got to experience that. So many people need to do that. Just go fucking live in another country for a while, even a month. You just can't do it for like a weekend. You think going somewhere for a weekend, you're not going to learn anything. No. Even a week. A week is too short of a time. You're going to spend all that time recovering from traveling. Yeah, you have to be get there and be fully immersed Absolutely. in the culture. I'm going to get something to drink. You need, need something? Sure, man. All right, so I'm gonna, when I come back, I'm going to talk about these uh, bladder stones. Okay. I think uh, that's something people need to know about. Yeah, for uh, sure. So Is this going to be like a new segment your, now your where you get up and you go get a drink in the middle of the podcast? And then we just talk for a little while? I, I guess. I guess. I think it's fun. Um. Yeah. So, I do you have you done a lot of have you done any of that? Like where you were uh, living abroad and like for an extended period of time? Not yet. Um, just for the month in China. Um, that's really the only other other country I've ever been to. I've never even been to Mexico. Would you Would you um, ever consider living somewhere else? Oh yeah, for sure, man. I'm down. I've just got like with this festival now. I'm mean, kind of have to stay in Fort Wayne and make sure that. Becomes the most successful comedy festival in the Midwest. It's a good goal uh, to have. Possibly, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, the dream is to get to do that full time, so that I can just uh, have the festival full time, and then I can still be I'll be able to travel and do stand up because that's only really hardcore six months out of the year right now. Is when I have to devote all my time to the festival, which is coming up April 12th, 13th, and 14th, and 15th. Nice plug. What's the name of the festival? The Mommy Mary and Joseph Comedy Festival. The MMJ Comedy Festival. How do you spell spell it? M-A-U-M-E-E, Mary and Joseph. I'm going to have to plug that. You're going to have to send me all that information yep. so I could post it at the... Uh... Put links to that in the show notes. Say that again? You put links to that in the show notes. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. You do show notes, right? I do do show notes. Fort Wayne, man. Well, who would have thought Fort Wayne, Indiana would have all this... 
comedy enthusiasm. Yeah, man, we're building it up. Yeah, when I every time I've gone out there, it's been a great show. Like, I mean, as as good as I would it, want it to be, you know, yeah. where it's like a real show, and you got that real vibe of people actually appreciating it. Like, remember when I did that uh, art room, that art show? And like Isaiah popped on there and it was like kids in the audience and old people. <laughs> this old man gave me a standing ovation because I talked about pissing my pants in traffic. I told he you totally that place was be like that. It was awesome, man. I really liked it. And every time I've gone out, Anthony, the hardest working man in comedy in Indiana. I oh, think, thank you, sir. I try. How, uh, the festival, you said it's April. How long? It is the second annual. The second annual uh, Mommy, Mary, and Joseph Comedy Festival. Uh, it's April 12th through the 15th in downtown Fort Wayne. We've got eight venues. Still putting together how many shows we're gonna have, all the acts we're gonna have. Um, I don't know what I can really talk about because we don't really have contracts signed yet. Well, how, um, how could comedians get in the festival? I'm gonna uh, try to post still, this podcast as soon as possible. Okay, yeah, there's still two weeks left to submit to the festival. It's free to submit because uh, we're a festival, you know, made by comics for comics. So it's still free to submit. Um, they just send a clip of like a. Send a link to a five-minute YouTube video. What's of, the email address? Uh, submissions at mmjcomedyfestival.com. Awesome. Uh, you can send something longer, but I'm only going to watch the first five minutes. And honestly, if I'm not being, if I'm being really honest, if you don't grab me in the first two minutes, I'm going to turn it off. I think that's fair. Because I've, I mean, we're over 130 submissions at this point, and that's a lot of fucking videos. Anybody really funny that you never heard of? Uh, yeah, man, lots of really funny people. I, I mean, I, nothing, I, like I said, we haven't announced who's coming yet. We haven't sure. announced. All right, people, I, so want, I can't no really spoilers of divulge names. that information, but there's going to be a lot of hilarious people at this festival this year. Henry, are you going to submit? Um, no. But only Henry, when are you going to submit? Only because something. I'm, I'm not a comedian. Well, that's fair. Are you going to submit our script to any kind of film festivals? It's not done yet. I know, but after it's done. I mean, when it's done, it'll will have been out there already. I don't feel the need necessarily to do uh, film festivals with everything. You know what I mean? No, me neither. There's no. So, I've I've never done a festival before. I just feel like the Fort Wayne festival would be fun. Oh, it's so much fun, dude. I just feel like it would be a fun time. The downtown Fort Wayne area is like nice to hang out in. Yeah, it's it's, it's, all, it's super walkable. Yes. Like all the venues are close together, so you can just stroll around. It's a super safe city. There's not like a bunch of homeless folks running around or nothing crazy. There's very little crime. Uh, it's a great place. I love so it it's, there. It's just um, it's just uh, it's just like venues that have stand ups there, right? Yeah, like we're doing. It's uh, and we're yeah, we've got like uh, the Fort Wayne History Center has got a beautiful room we're using. Uh, the Cinema Center, different buildings uh, around town and bars and just other places. Because um, it's all downtown Fort Wayne, so we don't have a comedy club downtown yet. We're just, yeah, using a bunch of different venues and some theaters and stuff like that. Hopefully the weather cooperates. Is there going to be any outdoor venues? No, there's no outdoor events. Good. No, can't do comedy outside. I hate doing comedy outside. I've seen it done. Really? I've done it. I don't like it. Yeah, every time I've done it, it didn't go awesomely. No one can hear you. Right. There's too much going on. Right. There's too much distraction. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. Uh, last year, yeah, it was great. We had like 1,500 people came last year. Oh, shit. Yeah. 
It was dope. All right. So submit to that. I'm hoping comedians listen to this podcast. I mean, I think yeah. some of them do. So submit. So. Go out to Fort Wayne. Anthony drove two and a half hours to be here with us today. So thank you for that. No problem. That's man. badass. Pet Peeves podcast. And the reason why I did contact you is because I saw your post about your dog's bladder stones, right? You posted yeah. something on Facebook and I hit you up right after that? Yeah. So what was the story? Um, my dog, Bonnie, I've had her for five years now. I got her. She's a rescue. I got her from the ASPCA. Um, they said she was one, but there's no freaking way because she was 75 pounds when I got her. All right. She's way older than one. Yeah. Uh, she's probably four or five. So I'm assuming that she's probably eight or nine now, maybe. Um, she's never really had, she's always been great house, house broken, not a lot of, no messes really. Then about two months ago, I'd say, well, almost probably three months ago now. Yeah, it was probably, um, she started having accidents in the house all the time. And I had just, I, you know, I didn't know what it was. If I thought maybe she had like a UTI. Um, so I took her to the vet and they ran some tests and, an MRI, and they said it was bladder stones, and that she was going to have to have surgery. I had to save up money for the surgery, because it was like $800. They did an MRI or an ultrasound? An MR- Oh, sorry, yeah. Uh, ultrasound. Gotta be. Like MRI. Everybody just had an MRI. Sure, sure. <laughs> but yeah, um, they did an ultrasound, and they said they, they discovered the stones, and said there was going to be like $800 for the surgery, so I had to save up some money to get that. Fuck yeah, it's expensive. Yeah, man. And ended up taking her to a different vet to save a little money. And yeah, they put her under. I dropped her off in the morning, and then I picked her up in the evening. That's it, though. And she's been fine. Outpatient. Yeah. And they sent you with the stones. Yeah, and they gave me the stones. To did take they do, off. like, did they send the stones out for analysis to find out exactly what they were? No. No? Um, they said they tested them there. Yeah, you have the option to send them to a lab because yeah. it could be, like, more than one kind or whatever uh if any bacteria in there they yeah. don't culture them and shit too but did they do anything like post-operatively treatment for your dog uh she has to be on uh, cd food now right for that's, life right and that's about it it's I, a cysto diet right yeah so it's like the hills whatever science diet thing yeah so it's to prevent forming okay. of stones and crystals yeah. she has to be on that she can't have any scrap food or anything like that i have to try and keep her out of the damn cat food that's the hard part, man. She likes the cat food. Oh, she loves the cat food. Put it up high. The cat could jump. No, nah, she won't. Cat's a bitch. She refuses. <laughs> refuses to eat hard food. And yeah. Somehow every podcast turns around to shitting on cats. Like, I love my cat. Don't get me wrong. But she's a bitch. That's good. That's what cats are for. Yeah. Showing personality. Making us work for it. Work totally, for the man. love. Totally. No, I like cats. I just think that they're fucking terrifying. That's <laughs> Why it. are they terrifying? Because they're, they're mean and they're, I think they're spiteful and they're tricky. Yeah. And they're sly and sneaky and they're strong. And they just have those claws and those teeth. They're just too flexible and strong. Like, you can't hold a cat. If it really doesn't want to be held, yeah, you can't do it. Yeah. They can just flip out. They go berserk. Yeah. And you can't restrain them. A dog is so easy to restrain. dog has one weapon. Yeah. Well, Cats have the retractable too. razor blades on their hands and feet. Yeah. And their teeth are crazy sharp. And they're just so flexible and strong. Anyway. Yeah. It's a sad situation when a cat but doesn't she, want to cooperate. I mean, Bonnie's recovered great. Um, just They gave her uh, water-soluble sutures oh, okay. in her surgery, so she never had, didn't have to go back to get them taken out. Nice. They just dissolve. Um, 
yeah, it was then it was just, you know, she couldn't have a bath for two weeks. So but once she did, you know, got it all cleaned up. Did she wear the cone? No, they didn't give her a cone. No cone? No cone. Mm. But she didn't mess with it at all either. She's such a good dog. Yeah, I met his dog. Good dog. And she definitely looked about eight years old. Yeah. That sounds about right. I met her the once though. She has some gray in her face. Yeah, she got a little she's starting to get a little gray on her chin. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. So that's why there's no way she was only one. I mean, that's crazy with the uh Bladder stones, kidney stones. Mm-hmm. It's hard to know. I mean, I think the big part of it is a proper diet, yeah. uh, drinking a lot of water, and then just watching for signs. I mean, because you can't always predict it. Dog could be on good food and drink water, and it might still happen, I guess. But it wasn't like she was, her behavior was any different. No, she was just having accidents. She was just, yeah, she just peed every two hours. She didn't every like hour. seem painful or anything when no. she was going. She didn't whimper. Nothing. And then these stones are giant. Yeah, I know. That's the crazy part. I'm going to take pictures of these and post them on the website. Totally. We got to remember to take a picture before we leave, too. I didn't get a picture with my last guest, and I feel bad. Oh, okay. Yeah, for sure. Uh, It's crazy. Uh, So, the the thing is, like, when your dog only goes to the bathroom outside, you might know she didn't have any blood in her urine or anything? No, it was was discolored. Discolored? Yeah, it it started to get, like, brown. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's why. That's why I thought it was UTI. Yeah, that's what I would have thought it was too. Just having accidents in the house at mm-hmm. first, UTI. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, you get those stones out, and it should be back to normal as long as you change the diet. And yeah, did they say anything about her drinking water? I mean, I put water in with her food now. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I'll I get her to the hard food because dude, that shit's expensive. It's you know. Oh, Thirty-five yeah. bucks for eight pounds. Yeah, no hill science diet. diet yeah. It's a prescription diet. So you have to yeah. get it from the animal hospital. Yeah, yeah, it's expensive. It so, sucks. Yeah, well, I can get it. You can get it at PetSmart now. Oh yeah, I, I figured that stores might carry it. That's but nice. do you need a prescription to get it? I don't. Yeah, know. like they had to call the other vet and get the prescription, like make sure that it was all legit. Yeah, that's what I was. Like, curious I don't know why about. anyone would buy that food if they didn't have to. Yeah, I don't know why either. That's why I was curious, but I know that people call us for those prescriptions, and sometimes I'm just like, you can't just get it. No, yeah. you need it. Okay, all right, here we go. It's easy. The doctors will just. They're not going to argue with that, and there's probably a low chance you're taking advantage of that situation. Right. How could you? How could you? I don't know. Yeah, so she has to be on that, and yeah, just keep her fine. I put yeah, the, the water in with her food now, so just make sure she's getting extra hydrated, and just make sure that's she's fine. always got water. And that's fine. Any other advice they gave you? That was pretty much it. They said just don't give her any table scraps, keep her out of the cat food, and that's, that's it. That's normal. All right, yeah. well, kidney stones, bladder stones, bladder stones, bladder kidney stones. stones. I guess uh, it, I don't know how often I would say that it happens. I don't see it that often with dogs. I see it with cats mm-hmm. a lot because they don't drink water. With dogs, you'll see it from time to time. Usually, the diet changes enough. Yeah. If the crystals are small enough to pass, these giant crystals, man, I wonder how long it takes for one of these stones to develop. I don't know, man. I feel so terrible when I saw those. It was like, how long was she suffering like this? And I didn't know. You know. Right. Exactly. Who knows? How did she act after she got them out? Did she seem like happy? I guess well, she's recovering well, after surgery. Yeah, the she first, sleepy. I mean, they gave her, like, doggy Vicodin and shit for, oh, yeah? uh, to take for, like, a week while she recovered. What was it? Do you know? The dog or the drug? No, it was, like, 600 milligrams of Vicodin. No shit. Yeah. That's crazy. Good for her. <laughs> yeah, good was, for her. She was loving life. Yeah, good for her. Um, but, yeah, but now that she's, yeah, she's much more active. and Accident stopped right away? Oh, yeah, right away. Yeah, well, get your dogs checked out. That's why it's important to have a relationship with your vet. Because if you don't know what's going on for a while, I don't know. I guess the worst case scenario is one of those stones getting 
stuck in a urethra and you have to have that surgery, it's going to be a lot more invasive and mm-hmm. harder recovery time. But other than that, I don't know. It's never happened to me. Imagine yeah, if wow. you had these in your fucking bladder. Does that even happen to people? I mean, kid- you never had kidney stones? Never had kidney stones. Oh, no, you're lucky. Have you? Uh, I, th- I don't know if I ever really actually had got where I was starting to feel like I was getting kidney stones and I was uh-huh. drinking too much sure. and not drinking enough water. I just drink a lot of cranberry juice and felt better. So what did it feel like? Just like lower back pain? Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like a pain in your side almost. It's like ah, so I'm getting away from the mic. Like a pain in your side, and then like when you pee, it's kind of like uh, it's like uh, sounds like terrible. An old man. I think my sister had them. Isn't it hereditary? Isn't it like I don't know. No, Henry, any uh, kidney stones? No, my kidneys are clean. Well, not clean, but yeah, I never, I never had any real bad. I've. I've definitely been at times where I know I need to be drinking more water. Yeah. But that's it. I don't even know why. Why do I not drink water? I just decided to give up on bottled water, and I just drink sink water. Yeah, man. Fuck I stay hydrated. I was. I was. I went through a phase where I was like, I'm only going to drink bottled water, filtered water, or yeah. whatever the fuck. And then it's like, ah, sink water can't be that bad. Can it? All right, ask, the Brita filter ask going anybody on. anybody who lives in Brita Flint. filter. Right. <laughs> What was in their water? Like ammonia? It's still in their water. Their water is still fucked. It's like brown. That's crazy. Yeah. That their water is, their water still, is still fucked. fucked. So what do they drink? Just bottled water? Yeah. Like they have a ridiculous amount of bottled water shipped into the city every day. That's amazing. And nobody does anything about it. All that news coverage for like a year. I don't think it's a problem that you can fix overnight. Yeah. Because well, one, because it takes a long time to change, you know, any kind of like city infrastructure, but also, uh, you know, all the politics involved things, things don't move that quickly when you have to have seven, seven people sign off on it. Yeah. I mean, they have to dig up all those old pipes and replace them and shit, right? It would have to be that, right? Totally replacing the infrastructure. Yeah. So that's going to take years. Yeah. That's wild. I'm trying to find these, uh, well, anyway, the Pet Peeves podcast segments that I hate doing. Your questions? Well, the questions from the Facebook, I don't mind doing that part because people actually like that. Those are the, that's a part of the show that people tell me that, oh, I never thought of it that way. Or thank you for that piece of information or that piece of advice. Yeah. It's the other parts. Like searching the news or something with pets. I don't know. People are telling me I should have it like pre-searched. Yeah, you told. Yeah, you like prepared. Not be searching. Like, well, like I told uh, you. I don't know because you you search for pets right now on on the news, then you're gonna get something that's actually like right right now. Then if you search earlier, then you'll find something that happened like two days ago. No one gives a shit about two days ago. People want to know what's in the news today. I think you're just making excuses. Oh, you know what? Sure, whatever you want to call it. Somebody sent me an article about. Pet wellness plans in like uh, holistic medicine and you want to uh, talk about okay sorry holistic medicine and um what would you call it like uh I guess it's holistic medicine homeopathy homeopathy homeopathic exactly that's exactly the term I was looking for thank you for being here Anthony no problem my pleasure sir so the article was basically stating that or asking a question like what what is the advantage to going to your veterinarian as opposed to going to your local pet store. And getting the products that say homeopathic or say holistic. Um, And I thought that was interesting because I've worked for doctors who believe in holistic medicine. 
And then I've worked for doctors who do not recommend holistic medicine. And I would say that in general, my opinion is if there's no proof, I don't believe it. You know? Yeah. If you can't prove it, yeah, I heard about how you don't believe pets love you, you fucking monster. Say that again? I heard about how you don't believe that your pets love you, you monster. Oh, you heard that part? Yeah. How do you feel? <laughs> uh, my dog loves me. Your dog loves you? Prove it. Okay. <laughs> Remember we Next had time this... time come down. All right, I want, I want everybody to prove it. I'm saying you can't prove it, so it's not real. So, well, it's the same deal with the homeopathic holistic medicine. Do you believe in that stuff? I don't know. It's all anecdotal. Like it works for some people, but it doesn't work for others. So you don't believe it? I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm would not, you, I would try it. Would you put money into it? Would you bet on it? Depends on how much it costs. Any amount, small amount. I'll put a dollar on it. Sure. You put a dollar on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is a dollar bet. worth your pet's health though? Like that dollar bet. Like if you're gonna like this particular article was talking about tapeworm prevention or tapeworm like killing worms. Mm-hmm. So would you buy the product from? The dog store that says kills worms naturally. Or would you buy the drug from the veterinarian that gives a dose and a weight and a drug name and tells you this will kill the worms in your dog's stomach? I mean, it depends on how much the homeopathic medicine costs. Uh, I'm the kind of guy that does his research, so I would no. probably look into it and see what evidence there is to support that it works. Uh, well, what if I'm it also- says... What if it's just like you said, anecdotal? Some people say it works, some people say it doesn't, but then you read the drug name or the drug the doctor prescribed and it works every time. Then it just comes out how much it is, I guess. So you're willing to take the chance? Yeah. I mean, eventually, if that doesn't work with a tapeworm, I mean, you can always just go get the other medicine. Yeah, but now you've you potentially overdosed your dog with some strange concoction of chemicals you don't even know the result of. It didn't work to kill the worms, but it's still in your dog's system. Yeah. And now you're taking that risk. And then you take and then say that that drug gets your animal sick. Then you're going to take that animal to the vet. Yeah. And they're going to be like, why the fuck did you give them that shit from the shelf in the first place? Because you wanted to save $8. Right. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and, and not to say that you, and I'm playing devil's advocate. I know. And maybe because I work in the industry. Mm-hmm. And only because I see the worst case scenarios where people want to try all this crazy shit because they read it on the internet. Yeah. And even people who say things to me like I did my research, that's fine. But now you're here asking for my advice. Mm-hmm. So just don't, don't this, I guess that should be my personal pet peeve is when people try to te- talk over me, like they're trying to teach me and, <laughs> right. I, and I get it. Maybe you're, you're like you said, you're self-researched or maybe you have a background in medicine or whatever, you know, so maybe you do have some intelligence, but now you're here asking for my help. So the tables are turned. You can't, come here and tell me how to do my job because that's not the situation now. You know, the situation is now you're here asking for my help. So I think that's my personal pet peeve when people come in and they want to tell me how to do my job. Uh, But for this particular article again, and like you're reading here, it says Mm. uh, too cool to vaccinate. Why you shouldn't give your dog or cat snake oil. (laughs) Well, it's hard to oil snake. Yeah. Well, they don't have a lot of oil in them. (laughs) I can is this a is this a euphemism for penises or snake oil? <laughs> uh, snake oil is a euphemism for shady salesmen. Oh. Fake, isn't it like particularly fake, fake medicine? Yeah, back in the what turn of the century, nineteen hundreds. Yeah, you know when they were traveling salesmen going around selling like uh, miracle tonics. You don't know about this, Henry? They don't have snake oil salesmen in Canada. I've heard I've heard of you know I've heard of snake oil, but I never 
knew the story behind it. Go ahead and tell me, guys. Go ahead. I mean, that's pretty well. much it. Oh, okay. well, that was just it. In the turn of the century, there was traveling salesmen who were just putting whatever concoctions into bottles and claiming them to cure anxiety or cure depression or your hair will grow oh, back so that's or the same as any you know, make you well. That anybody's ever tried to sell anywhere around the world. It's just no, because just some products it. work. No, These snake oil they guys, are, they, are, they didn't even try to make them work. They, the, they were doing it on purpose. Yeah. They were selling shady products on you purpose. You have the same thing everywhere. I'm sure somebody tried to sell you something That's true. in all no, your travels yeah. that they said some oh, form of that that'll help you. Absolutely, this will help you with your arthritis. Yeah, I got acupuncture. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> that was a, that was a joke. But this article in particular, it's talking about those tapeworms. Number one, and then number two, it was talking about the fact that if you're the type of person that is into holistic medicine and into homeopathic whatever, you're going to be more likely to be affected by the placebo effect, right? You're more yeah. likely to have a placebo effect where you believe because you ate this root or ate this food or drank this drink that you're going to get better. So you get better. Dogs don't have that ability. Wait, wait. So dogs don't case, have cats. If that's the case, if I'm going to uh, feel better because I believe in it, then isn't it technically working? Sure. But is it going to work for your pet? If you if you can convince pets your, can't believe as well. pets can't believe pets can't believe pets don't they believe can't love, they can't love <laughs> and they can't, and they can't believe, believe. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though I read this article today before Anthony came and I was like holy shit that's a very interesting point placebo effect affects me me as a human individual like when I have a hangover and I drink water and take aspirin I believe that's gonna work and then my headache goes away but in reality the aspirin is an anti-inflammatory. What does my headache have to do with inflammation? What does my he- hangover have to do with inflammation? I believe just that I took the Tylenol, drank water, and then gave it time, my headache went away. You know, but you believe in the medicine, so you keep doing it. So I, I, I believe that to be true. Aspirin and Tylenol placebo effect. It's a real thing. Though. Yes, we're all agreeing. Oh on yeah, that? it's totally. It's- I think aspirin and Tylenol are two different things, though. Then they're still anti-inflammatory, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory. They're two different drugs, but they serve the same purpose. They're both non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs well if we're giving medical advice i just think you should be correct True. i think acetaminophen's more of a i didn't even realize i was switching between tylenol and aspirin i thought i said aspirin every time no no i don't aspirin, nobody cares don't we, yeah. we can go back and listen it's the same shit all right it's not the same shit ladies and gentlemen ibuprofen aspirin some people are Tylenol, acetaminophen are different. Acetaminophen. Yes. Some people are not supposed to take aspirin. Like if you're on blood thinners, you're not supposed to take aspirin. Aspirin, yeah. right? You're, you shit. can take Tylenol, but you can't take right. aspirin. So they're they're different. Is that true? No, you can you can take ibuprofen, but you can't take uh, Tylenol um, or aspirin because Tylenol is just a name brand of acetaminophen. Right. And what is aspirin? Isn't aspirin acetaminophen? Acetaminophen. Yeah. Ooh, you see, Anthony knows some shit about drugs. I, is How does that? Isn't How did you get the drug education? Like Don't worry about ibuprofen? that. <laughs> isn't aspirin like ibuprofen? No, ibuprofen is ibuprofen. We gotta look this up, guys. No, your Advil is ibuprofen. You're thinking of Advil. You're thinking of Advil. Aspirin. Advil's like ibuprofen and caffeine or something like that, right? Uh, Anthony yeah. make, makes dirt. Somehow I forgot to mention that earlier. Oh, yeah. That's a real job, folks. How do you make dirt? I got to ask this. I know we're getting off the pet topic. We'll get it's back fine. to it, but I need to know how you make dirt. So the company I work for has a contract 
uh, with the city of Fort Wayne to where we get a third of the leaves they pick up every year. You know, like your city picks up leaves. Sure. That's, they got to do something with them, you know? Okay. Um, so they bring them to us. Our site is actually on the landfill, like not in the landfill, like on the landfill property, not in where they actually actively dumping trash just okay. south of that. And so they bring me all these leaves. I've got a, a big Caterpillar, like 966 loader. That's so like the cab of the loader is like six feet tall. That's it. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah, it's fun. Huge. It's fun. Six feet tall. Yeah. That's just where I sit. Like, the whole thing is huge. Yeah. Giant. Yeah. I mean, the tires are fucking six feet tall. Oh, that's what I was picturing in my head. Yeah. So, one of those big ones. Um, and then the guys come, they dump the leaves, and I stack them in the fall. And then they sit all winter. Like, right now, this time of year, they're just sitting there. Uh, decomposing? Decomposing, but, like, getting their, their like, it's, think of it like baking. Okay. So like the they're, the yeast is working right now. Oh okay. And then in the summer, it's eating it. I mean, what, yeah. The what I'm essentially doing is assisting the bacteria in eating the leaves and breaking them down into dirt. Sure. That's um, crazy. And then in the summer, I break those out into what are called windrows, which are about a hundred yards long, four feet wide by five feet tall. Then I have a machine called a turner, which uh, I also like to call the uh, turning machine of death. <laughs> because it's like a an arch that's like six foot wide um and then suspended between the arch is a steel drum that has six inch metal teeth on it then that whole thing the drum spins about 5,000 rpm and i slowly drive that through this pile of leaves oh shit and then it shreds them and breaks and helps them break down and it's amazing. Hey, I gotta go to the bathroom. Keep talking. About three weeks later, I'll listen to the podcast. About three weeks later, it turns into high nutrient topsoil. Then we stack that, and uh, yeah, they use it on the landfill. People can come get it. It's it's fun. People can come come. Like, how much Whoa. do you guys sell it for? Um, like twenty four bucks a yard. Twenty four bucks a so, yard. Like a yard would be like, like a, a scoop. Yeah. That seems like ex- a scoop from the, the little tractor I have. That seems expensive for a bunch of leaves that you got for free. Well, it's high nutrient topsoil, sir. W- will we, it yeah. relieve my I mean, arthritis? It will not relieve your arthritis, but it will make your tomatoes freaking awesome. All right. I'll take your word for it. So this is what you do when you're not telling jokes. Yeah, it's my day job. Your day job. Uh, I'm there about fifty hours a week. Okay, that's that's a that's a that's a serious day job. Fifty hours, putting in that overtime, eh? Yeah, I've, I've been there seven years now. Oh yeah, got to get the overtime. Well, we're open six days a week, so I have to be there. Yeah, eight to five every day. So, is the I took a, I took a vacation day today. Is the uh, the end goal to to move to 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 comedy related things full time or is this like a you want to work there forever oh yeah oh yeah no the end the goal is to be a full time festival producer comedian podcaster tv producer all kinds of stuff cuz i don't stuff. know some people i you maybe you love maybe um, you love the just, leaves i don't know <laughs> dude uh i it's 
Dirt farming is the greatest job ever. It sounds not bad. Yeah. Like, sounds there's, like you're a farmer. You there's, do cool shit. You the, work with the land. When you there's no drama. It, when you were describing no bullshit. It, it, seemed you seemed like really content about, uh, you were happy to, 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 to share this fun thing that you get to do. Oh, yeah, man. Like, I love it. No, I think Anthony probably a super smart guy, number one, comedian. I got to always talk up. Anybody who tries their hand at stand-up comedy, it just means you have like a particular type of personality and intellect, I think, that you feel like you could put your thoughts together better than other people right. that are in a room with you. Uh, and that's not even like saying that you think you're smart or you think you're awesome or better. Just like I'm good at putting my thoughts together in a particular order to elicit a certain response. Uh, and then Anthony... You know, puts the piles it up, and he brings in this. Uh, what was that parable we were watching? Oh, the allegory of the cave. The allegory of the cave by who? By Plato. Have by you ever, Plato. Have you ever seen that, Henry? You know what it yeah. is? Plato's allegory of the cave. It was pretty amazing, and it's just like these thoughts I was telling Anthony about that I have about like uh, people not having anything to talk about really because their whole life they're watching these illusions on the screens that are in front of their faces. And uh, Anthony brought me this, it was essentially a parable, right? Yeah. And, and it's just exactly what I was talking about, that Plato's talking about, what, 2,000 years ago? Yeah. Nothing ever changes. What were you saying? 5% of people are producers? Yeah, only 5%. Actually like, creating content? Yeah. Not just watching content? Yeah. So us three are part of the 5%. Yay! Way to go. I, I mean, I guess we would like to. You know, there's also a lot of, you know, people who maybe do give it a shot. But then realize later that maybe, maybe they just like to consume rather than, than uh, than create. And I think, yeah, I think a lot of creators question that. Like, at which which am I, right? Because who's your biggest critic? You know yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, we're. All, I'm sure we're all full of crippling self doubt. It's just working past it. You know, like, yeah. I think that's kind of what drives us. I mean, yeah, this is, might be a terrible thing that I do, but I got to try and see it might, cause it might be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's not how I feel about a lot of things. Like I got to try it. Cause yeah. it's either, either going to just be something else I've experienced or it's going to be, or it's going to change my life. Mm-hmm. And both of those are good things. Yeah. Right. For sure. I just get bored easily. I think that's the other like fun factor of having a certain type of personality. Like I need something challenging. Yeah. I need I, something challenging. I, I need something that I care about. Yeah. Otherwise, what's the fucking point of wasting my effort? So, like, when you talk about making the dirt, and he was saying, like, you seem, like, really into it. Like, how, if you're, how are you going to have a job that you hate? Like, that's the thing that I don't get. Like, I would rather get paid shit and like my job than make a lot of money and hate my job. Right. Like, totally. Like, I would rather sweep floors at McDonald's than have some job I hate. Well, I make good money. I have good insurance, all that stuff. Yeah, I like, believe don't, it. That's don't good. Don't get me wrong. Um, I get to but drive, you enjoy it. Yeah, I get to drive heavy equipment. That's like, awesome. It, it's fun. Dude, I would love to drive a truck with six foot tall tires. Yeah, and watch a giant teeth of death. What'd you call it? The turning machine of death. Turning machine of death. Like yeah. that sounds awesome to me too. Yeah, I'll send you some pictures of it. Um, people can know what we're talking about. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I think the the, yeah. the rigidness it's... of the of schedule, um, is one thing that that drives artists maybe to not want to have those regular jobs. Like even you, you know, some people have will have uh, a job that they don't hate. You know, maybe they don't love it, but they don't hate it. But it's the fact that, you know, every Monday to Friday, I have to go to this building and do what somebody tells me for this many hours, uh, which I mean, 
I, I don't see how that can really be appealing to anybody to 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 be told what to do ever, let alone on a constant basis over and over, so that I can buy food and live and survive. I think people do like the rigidity. People you know, do like the routine. A lot of people need that structure. They can't just be left to their own devices. I mean, I've learned as I've gotten older that if I don't have something to keep me occupied, I will just get in trouble. Yes. Right, but that's a that's a that's a you you make a decision to to do that, right? You could instead of getting into trouble because you have all this time on your hands, do something, uh, you know, positive to do something constructive. Well, yeah. Like, so you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I have to find constructive things for myself to do because if I just sit around and wait for things to be presented to me, then the wrong things are usually presented to me. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like fun. I'm the same way. This is what we were talking about earlier about like stand-up comedians also enjoying the risk and adventure of trying, trying things that other people wouldn't. Yeah. You know, I mean, just stand up in general, you know, public speaking is like the number one fear Mm -hmm. in the world. Then death. It's like public speaking, then death is what people are afraid of. And comedians are not only willing to stand on stage and speak alone, but also to tell their deepest, darkest secrets. Like that's, uh, it takes a lot of bravery and courage. Those, those are the same things. Bravery and uh, what did I say? Like, um, um, I got ego. A lot of ego. Like, um, what's his name said? Steve Martin. Stand-up comedy is the ego's last stand. Yeah. Like, can my ego stand up to reality? Is and if it can, then keep doing it. If it can't, you know, you're gonna know quickly. Yeah. I think that's you got to have pretty thick skin to take that. The, the opposite reaction of what you intended. Like I was saying earlier, stand-up comedy, you really have to be able to control uh, an illicit response or elicit a certain response. And if you're not able to do that, you're going to be crushed. Yeah. Like that hurts. Yeah. A bad show hurts. I don't it's, know how to describe it. It's painful to watch people too. And they're, they're trying, they're giving it all they got and people are just staring at them. Yeah. But yeah, man, you're not, you're not funny. <laughs> you're it's not happened to me. Note. It happens to me. It, it happens. happens to everybody. No, I mean, I think you got to get to a point in comedy where you just don't have, where you don't feel like it was a bad set because at least you got your material out. Yeah. Like you got your material out, you saw that it didn't work and yeah. that's necessary information. Right. Otherwise you're going to take that to like another show and not know that it's a shitty bit. You need to know that shit. Uh, what about, I'm um, thinking of, I forgot to mention earlier that Henry and I made these two shorts. Have you seen any of our shorts? Like uh, how Henry and I know each other. First of all, we met in Korea, but then after Korea, we went to Thailand together, nice. and we spent what? a couple Don't of months in Thailand. Stop saying that. We didn't go to Thailand together. What? We spent a couple of months in Thailand <laughs> together? Just hanging out. It was a great time. <laughs> the way that he describes it, like, we went for our honeymoon. He, he happened to be... We went separately. It does sound like a... He happened to be working there, and then I came and met him. Right on. Yeah, he did kind of make it sound like a romantic getaway. Yeah. It, was, it got romantic at times. There's nothing romantic, romantic. about our relationship. We met a dog, and that was romantic. I mean, hey guys, that's okay. I'm not here to judge. Hey, why do you deny it, man? Just let it. Just let I it can be. do so much better than it's you. Beautiful thing. I can it do was... so much better than you. <laughs> yeah, man, you can't. Like, then you would have. Then you would have by that's now. That's what I mean. Like, if I'm gonna be. Why are you here? Then? If I'm gonna be, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not here to shit on you. That's not what we're here for. Get to your. Story. All right. Well, anyway, so after Thailand, after our Thailand experience, we ran into each other. Very heterosexual experience. We kept in touch because we started writing. Well, we made a script. Remember, we, we made a silent film for a film festival in Korea. 
that was awesome. I'll send you that link. Right uh, but then afterwards, we wrote another script together, like over a two, three year span, and we put that out, and it did pretty good on YouTube. Uh, and now we're writing a new one. Nice. So we got some some things in the mix. Like I think the more the older that I get, not that I don't want to do stand up, I'll always do stand up. I just like I don't like being out as much as I used to when I was younger. Oh yeah, you know I, I don't mean? like to go out to the bars unless they're paying me to be there. Yeah, I just don't like it. I don't like the vibe. I don't like the atmosphere. And it's like you were saying earlier, too many bad things. Can I can get in too much trouble. Oh yeah, like it's just too. It's an environment where bad things happen. And I get it. You could be the type of person that has a lot of self control and can say no. I'm not that person. I'm not that person. I, I I'm the person that'll many... say yes to the risk because I think it's fun and I like a story. And I'm not saying I'm going to end up in jail or killing somebody or anything like that, but bad things happen in those environments regardless of your intentions. Yeah. So try to stay away from those. So I like the podcasting. I like the writing. And then I like doing stand-up every once in a while, but not it being my like primary source of creative out- outlet. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, but I, I don't know. I think stand-up is one of those things that as long as you never let it go, it always presents opportunities. Yeah. Right? And I mean, don't let it go as in you're performing regularly. I mean, yeah. even if it is a couple of times a month, but if you're letting years go by and you're not performing, that's not helping you it too much. Count. Yeah. No, it, it doesn't count. It's like starting over. Yeah. I'm actually opening for Ron Jeremy at the end of March. No shit. He's doing stand up. Hilarious. I don't know what he's doing. Guy asked me to do the show and it's like, yeah, that sounds, that sounds yeah. awesome. For you guys that don't know, Ron Jeremy is a popular porn star from the eighties. He had a giant cock, I think. Right. Something like that. Yeah. Isn't that what he got famous for? Mm-hmm. Henry, remember when we were in Thailand? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you met Ron Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of that now. Like, old, like a lot of wrestlers do that now, where yeah. they're like touring as like quote unquote standups. Yeah, like Steve O started it. I there's think. Like starting, there's like telling stories. Yeah, I think it's it's fine because people go out to see it, yeah, right? Yeah, so I can't cool. argue That's what with you that. Do. Yeah, it's fine. If you, you got the stories, it's funny, and people want to come on see you. You have fans. That's fine. Yeah. I get it. I like it. Um, like even when Steve-O started doing stand-up, you know, from Jackass, mm-hmm. and everybody was talking shit about him, that he's like, like it takes away from comedy for him to do stand-up, but it really doesn't, right? Yeah, I don't think it does. No. Okay, let's uh, get to these. We've been we've been on for a while. Anthony's got to get back to Fort Wayne. Yeah, we do our so, comedy game show night tonight at uh, Doozies in Fort Wayne every Thursday at seven o'clock. Doozies. A Doozies. What's it's, that? It's a sports bar attached to a hotel. Oh, okay. Yeah, Let me know, yeah, man. I, I, I'll start to go out to Fort Wayne more often. No, when I went out there, I just went to that oh, O'Reilly's. Uh, O'Reilly's, and then you did, came out for Wrigley's. Oh, Wrigley's. That's right. Wrigley's. Yeah. A lot of fun. What's the guy's name that put on that show? Alex Egan. Alex Egan. Yeah, he's a great dude. Good dude. All right, so pet questions from Facebook. Here we go. Transition into new segment, nailed. Rosemary Cruz, who's my cousin, she says, uh, so there was a big lump on our small dog's stomach area. The vet ended up taking it out with surgery, and we couldn't find out what it was because it would cost over $700. Now she has another lump behind her shoulder and growing. What do you think is going on? She's 10 years old. Okay, so you should have sent the first lump out to the doctor because then you would know what it was, and I understand that that's expensive, a lot of money for that biopsy, uh, but it saves you this question. It's better to know the answer than not, right? So it's priceless to know the answer to that question. What is the lump? Now, because of where those locations are, there's no way I could tell you without seeing it, touching it, feeling it. And again, uh, it's really hard for me to give you guys advice like this, but I'd say uh, 
take it to the vet, let them take a sample of it, tell them to take it out, especially if it's growing fast. I get it, 10-year-old dog, anesthesia is a risk. But that's a really difficult question to answer. How, how risky is anesthesia after 10 years old? I would say pretty risky, but do the blood work. Do all the diagnostic testing like the ECGs, the blood work, the full panels, the blood clotting tests, x-rays, anything that they want to do as a preliminary. And then the surgery is safer. All right. So if it's lumps, the thing is, are you going to get lumps out every time? So start making those kind of decisions. If every time there's a new lump, are you going to get it taken out? Talk to your veterinarian about that. Or if you're going to let a lump sit for a while until it gets too big, that it starts affecting the dog's lifestyle. It's all about quality of life when it gets to a certain age. I don't know what kind of dog you have either. So 10 years old is old for a big dog, not that old for a little dog. So that's also a question. Let me know. Next question from Patty Cisneros Prevo, which is also my cousin, says, Why does Bella's cherry eye keep coming back? Is it like the human equivalent of an STD? Yes, in the fact that it might keep coming back. Like a, What's like, a cherry eye? Cherry eye is when a dog's lower or under eyelid, the lower eyelid pops out. It protrudes. It's like a breed defect, like a genetic anatomical defect, okay. or it's from injury or illness. Sometimes if they get inflammation from viruses and bacteria, that shit will pop out too. But a lot of times it's a breed defect. So I'm wondering if Bella is uh, uh, like a Boston Terrier or a pit bull or a bulldog or some kind of dog that has bulgy eyes. Because that's what happens more often. And yes, the doctor could fix it, but a lot of times it comes back. And you got to get it fixed again the next time. Hopefully they give you a discount. But it is one of those things that, like when you remove a lump, they can come back. When you repair a cherry eye, they can come back. And I'm hoping that your veterinarian warned you of that before it happened. Because that's, that's very, very typical that they come back. Especially if they're young. Uh, cherry eye is also called a haw. H-A-W. It's very common. It's been around forever. A lot of like hound dogs that have droopy eyelids, they get them too. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. Any other questions? Rosemary Cruz, my cousin again, says, Is there corrective surgery for dogs' eyes? Our dogs are getting cloudy, wondering how long it, would, it will be before she turns blind, or can we get corrective surgery? If the cloudiness is from cataracts, some cl- cataracts they can clear up with surgery. Uh, but I would say as far as dogs' eyesight goes... They don't need it enough for you to really elicit that kind of surgery unless you don't mind burning the money. If you got the money to, to spend on getting your dog's cataracts cleared, go for it. But if money is an issue, I'd say just your dog will be fine if it can't see, especially if it's already 10 years old from what you told me in the other. Does post. she live in a medical marijuana state? If you live in a medical, medical marijuana state, give your dog weed cookies. <laughs> Clear up that. They well, make, cataracts are not the same as glaucoma. Those. They make. Oh them. yeah, they do. They yeah, they do. In California, they're super popular. Actually, they're popular everywhere. I had a client here in Northwest Indiana tell me that they have her dogs on CBD oil cookies for yeah. arthritis or something like that. Yeah, those are legal here now. Yeah, so I mean that's that's fine. Oh, and I almost before I got the job I have now, I almost worked for this holistic doctor in Maryville. You know Maryville? Yeah. Maryville's like the town up from where we are right now. Yeah. And she was all about. CBD oil dog treats for inflammation, arthritis, uh, any kind of post-operative injury, inflammation, pain in general, and anxiety too. Right uh, so I was like, that's cool. But I didn't like a lot of the other things this doctor talked about. She was trying to get all her patients on raw diets. I don't believe in the raw diet. Not that I don't think it's good for your dog. Two, two points on the raw diet. Number one, saying a dog should be on a raw diet because that's how its ancestors ate 
is like saying that we should be on raw diets because that's how our ancestors ate. Well, there are people that say that. But how many people will go along with that logic? I don't know, weird vegans and shit. Weird vegans. But who eats? Yeah, there are raw diet people. You're yeah. right. So, But still, think of it that way. And then the other part of it uh, is people preparing the raw diet, doing it correctly. How, are you sure you're doing it correctly? Are you a chef? Do you have knowledge in this realm? Isn't it pretty of easy? You just don't cook shit? Yeah, but not cooking <laughs> shit, that opens a, a Pandora's chef. box of problems. You're talking bacteria, salmonella, all these things can be an issue. What do you know about raw diets? I know you don't cook it, and then it's a raw diet. All right, you just eat sushi, right? Sushi I'll eat. Let's go get some sushi. I can't right. eat sushi. You don't eat sushi? I'm allergic to shellfish. Oh, that sucks. Sushi is fucking awesome. What I hear? Those are all the questions that I'm answering today. I liked it. I like that part of it. I got to get people to ask new questions because that's the end of that post. All right. So talk about weird pet shit. Did you see the peacock lady? Oh, yeah. Glad you brought that up. Did you, did you see this, Henry? Go lady, ahead. Tell the story. Lady, lady in uh, New York City was trying to board a plane with her uh, emotional support animal, a peacock. How is a peacock like, a support animal? That's a very good question. Because all you... Cause, it doesn't matter. You can say that any animal is an emotional support animal. Right. Like, you don't have to have any kind of certification. You just have to be like, yeah, no, this is my emotional support animal. And if someone questions you about it, like, you have, like, they're in violation of, like, the Americans with Disabilities Act or sure. some shit. Yeah. That's funny. That's a, that little gray area with the support animals. It's like, you can't ask somebody. Yeah. It, why they have that support animal. That's illegal. It's like between me and my doctor. Yeah. No, we, when I worked at the, I used to have a part-time job where I worked at the Coliseum in Fort Wayne. It's our hockey arena. I was the bar manager there. And uh, we had a lady come in, uh, brought her dog into the bar. And people were complaining about it because like, the dog was on the table and shit. I went over I was like, uh, excuse me, ma'am. Like, why do you have this dog here? Like, what's, you know, this is a, restaurant you can't have a dog in here and it was like dog that was like smaller than yours like a little pomeranian fucking purse dog no 10 pound dog piece of shit and uh she was this is my emotional support animal and like this lady looked fine like she was like probably 45 biker chick like yeah can't ask though i know so what happened she got to stay right well this is how i learned these this is how I learned that you can't ask because I was like, well, why do you have that dog? Like, what is, what is the reason for it? And she started freaking out. You can't ask me that. That's a violation. I was like, all right, right. whatever. Fuck off. I so don't care. The peacock lady was trying to get on a fucking airplane one though. That's crazy. Yeah. She's from Indiana, by the way. No shit. Yeah. That's Cause awesome. uh, I saw the article said that she had to drive to wherever she's going and she, Stopped in Indianapolis to see the grandparents. No shit. Uh, the grandparents of the peacock, mind you. <laughs> no. Not her grandparents. Really? Yeah. Because you know how people like, oh, this is my, my you know, dog child. or Yeah, fur baby. Fur babies. Yeah. It's her feather baby, I guess. <laughs> I saw a lot of comedians posting about that today, and somebody was like, that's bullshit if they won't let me get on the airplane with my emotional support Wolverine. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I have the Wolverines. That old Saturday Night Live bit with John, uh, John Belushi. Yeah, the John Belushi bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I li- oh, man. This is something I think about at work all the time. I'm so glad 
that there's news and shit for comedians to make fun of. Like, mm-hmm. we need the fodder. Like, we need yeah. shit to turn into dirt, you know, as that was a callback. Uh, one more pet-related thing for you. The, the foundation that my sense of humor is built on is the Peter Sellers dog bit. Peter Seller. You ever, are you familiar with uh, that? Go ahead. Okay, so this is a very classic Inspector Clouseau bit. Okay. Uh, Inspector Clouseau is this like bumbling detective, like the Pink Panther. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but not the cartoon. The real guy. The real the guy. British dude. Yeah. Um, so the guy goes into, I think it's like a hotel or something, and he's like talking to the the guy about getting a room. The guy says okay, and on his way out, the guy's going to leave. The, the guy's going to leave. He says, "Excuse me," and there's a little dog like laying on the floor, just chilling. He says, "Excuse me, sir. Does your dog bite?" He says, "No." Then Peter Sellers reaches down to pet the dog, and the dog rips his sleeve off. He's like, "I thought you said your dog does not bite." But that is not my dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I remember watching that when I was a kid. I just thought that that's. I still laugh oh, thinking so of that. Good. Like Funny. that's the that's that's perfect. Yeah. That's, that's what, like what Bill Burr called no fat on that joke. Yeah. Like, that's just all the necessary pieces. Yeah. No, that's hilarious. No, yeah. I appreciate that. No problem. All you listeners should appreciate that. So thank you again, Anthony Rasick. Yep. Rasick? Yep. For coming to Rasick. the Pet Peace Podcast episode four. Uh, go ahead and plug your festival one more time and where we can find you on social media. Uh, the festival is the Mommy Mary and Joseph Comedy Festival. Uh, April 12th through the 15th, 2018 in Fort Wayne, Indiana. You can get more information about that at mmjcomedyfestival.com. Uh, you can follow me on social media, uh, Anthony Rasick on Facebook, uh, at Maybe I'm Wrong on Twitter. And yeah. Good. Instagram and stuff. Good, good, good. I'm hoping uh, I submitted to that festival for all you guys that are listening. I submitted, hoping that I get to get on. Uh, Pet Peeves Podcast, Episode 4. Thank you guys for Thanks listening. For me, man. Hey, you're welcome. Time. Thanks for coming out, Henry. Anything? Uh, I got a I got a documentary that I'm putting out on koalas. Um, so this I'm also going to syphilis ridden. I'm going to use creatures. this as uh, a call, uh, a casting call for anyone that knows anybody with a koala um, <laughs> in in this in this uh, hemisphere. But yeah, that'll be coming soon. Awesome. All right, I look forward to it seeing the progress on that project. All right. Thank you guys again. We'll see you on the next episode.